Hockey Te Charcha, a podcast series launched by Hockey India in April 2021 with an intention to bring interesting stories of hockey stars who have carved a niche for themselves representing the glorious past, present and the promising future of the sport. I'm your host Nandini and in today's episode we have the very charismatic MM Somaya. He was part of the Indian team that won gold in the Moscow Olympic Games in 1980. He went on to play in the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles and also captained the Indian team at the 1988 Seoul Olympic Games. Apart from his exploits in the international hockey, he enjoyed a big fan base in Mumbai whenever he turned up for domestic hockey. He belonged to an era that saw legends like Mohammad Shahid, Marvin Fernandez, MK Kaushik, Zafar Iqbal, and in today's episode we hope to hear a lot of stories involving these legends. So Maya sir, welcome to Hockey Te Chacha. Thank you Nandini, it's my pleasure to be here. So Maya sir, I'd like to begin by asking you about your own journey in hockey, you know, how did it all begin? Well, I was uh, though I hail from Kurg, I have been uh, brought up in bombay mm. uh, i was uh, fortunate to study in uh, what we call jesuit institutions both in school and college and uh, mm. uh, in mary's school masgon and st xavier's college and in both these institutions they uh, focus was not only on academics mm. it was also on uh, sport and extracurricular activities so they gave uh, you know equal focus on all areas and ensured that we were uh, exposed to all these uh, 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 you know various forms of education right helped me in good stead i picked up both football and hockey mm. and i was uh, equally adept at both uh, but when i came to college uh, we had a very good hockey coach uh, mr hoven ferreira mm. he missed the uh, London Olympics, uh, the 1948 team by a whisker. Okay. So he, uh, you know, dedicated him, his life to promoting sport and in Mumbai. Mm. And I think it was his uh, mentoring and his, uh, you know, encouragement that uh, drew me towards more towards hockey. Mm. And my father was uh, involved with hockey. He was, uh, you know, in the committee for the Bombay Hockey Association for many years. Mm. So I watched hockey as a youngster. Right. I would watch World Cup and Aga Khan. Mm-hmm. i would see all the stars of the past uh, like gurbak singh ajit pal singh mm-hmm. uh, the entire uh, 70s batch and even way back in 60s when harbinder uh, balbir and others would play so i i had uh, a great interest in hockey and my school and college uh, pushed me uh, towards making a full time career in, in the sport right fantastic and um I was also reading somewhere that you you always kind of um looked up to Dr. Vesi Pace and you also looked at Zafar Iqbal who not only had a fantastic uh, hockey career but they also went on to you know study really well. Yeah, so that's what I meant yeah that's what I said the uh, I felt that uh, both uh, sports and academics they went uh, hand in hand and uh, they complemented each other you know uh, earlier one felt that if you took up sport that you you know you would have to neglect your studies but uh, these were the examples that i looked up to especially dr pace who was uh, my senior and had played in the early 70s for the national team he was a doctor by profession zafar was uh, slightly senior to me but a teammate and he also was a qualified uh, civil engineer mm. so an outstanding and in fact a 
you know olympic hockey captain so these were the stories that inspired me mm. it uh, kept me uh, you know grounded and uh, i ensured that not only i i played sport uh, because i used to play hockey and football for uh, bombay university mm. but also uh, i was a science student and it required me to be attending uh, classes practicals so i think examples uh, like uh, dr pace and zafar ikbal really you know inspired me to uh, focus on my academics too right really held me uh, in good stead when i finished my sporting career mm fantastic and um, sir also you know if you can tell us a little bit about um, how you came into the indian team if you could recall i know it's been a while and if i'm not wrong um, you uh, you played uh, i think the four nation just before the moscow olympic games no actually i was in that training camp mm-hmm. my uh, you know selection to the indian team was uh, quite uh, sudden i must say mm-hmm. finished college in 1979 mm-hmm. and uh, barely played uh, for the senior nationals with the bombay team for you know the second year in 1980 so i got call up after the katak nationals in 1980 and i did attend the camp for the four nation tournament in patiala mm. but i missed the selection there uh, there was uh, you know some uh, there was another player gunasilan who was also a bangalore uh, a very good player from bangalore a center half so he got selected ahead of me mm. and so when the selection uh, came up for the olympics which you know followed this four nation tournament mm. i i wasn't uh, you know uh, i i wasn't very confident of uh, making the cut because in all likelihood the same team was to go for the olympics the same team that went for that four nation tournament right but the training camp was in bangalore i remember in the kantirwa stadium yes kantirwa stadium and uh, we were uh, roommates uh, mk kaushik mervin fernandez and myself mm a very you know uh, simple uh, living arrangement we you know uh, we used to spend lovely times together we used to practice on the asc and meg grounds which right. were gravel grounds mm. actually the trials for the olympics were held on those grounds because there was no astroturf in india at that time mm. and baltishan who was our coach felt that that surface uh, closely resembled an astroturf mm. it was faster so I, i did a trial and i was very fortunate that uh, i i did well in the trials and uh, the selectors you know one of whom was uh, mr leslie claudius mm. i'm olympian and one of my idols growing up he was part of the selection committee and uh, i was very happy that uh, most of the team that went to the four nation uh, remained intact but i was probably one of the uh, one or two new changes or the changes that came into the mm. olympics in moscow so it was fairly sudden mm. Uh, not yet 21 mm-hmm. was announced so uh, wonderful memories yeah absolutely and since you mentioned about that camp in bangalore i heard from baskaran sir in one of the previous episodes of the podcast that uh, you know he you all used to go for walks on mg road and then end up eating at tiffany's can you tell us a little bit about that because you were all such young players back then and you know what was the camaraderie like in the team I think he was a wonderful uh, captain Vaskaran uh, was uh, so the camp in Bangalore though it was well conducted you know in those days the budgets weren't too high both with federation as well as with the government so food was you know I, if i remember right the entire budget for a day for food was 20 rupees per uh, you know per uh, 
uh, training, which you know was uh, was hardly anything. Food wasn't great, so we used to you know wander off uh, onto MG Road and uh, Brigade Road. And one of the places that I used to always frequent, I recall, was the Rice Bowl. Yes. Uh, you, you being a Bangalore person, I don't know if you remember Rice Bowl and Angrila, both Chinese uh, restaurants on Brigade Road. Yes, These two would be our favorites. Okay. Uh, Tiffany's, which was just outside the gate of uh, Kantirwa. Mm. Uh, we normally, uh, you know, went out in the evenings for a stroll and uh, if uh, we, we had a little money in our pockets, we would buy a meal for ourselves in in one of those restaurants. So, uh, lovely days and it, it took us away from the, you know, the camp for a while and helped us refocus the next morning when uh, practices would be really, you know, very uh, rigorous, both in the morning and evening. So, yeah. it us, uh, you know, uh, get away a bit from the camp atmosphere and relax. Mm. But tell me how uh, how popular was ha- hockey in those days, particularly in Bangalore, because the team was training here. And would people recognize you all? Would would since you would go out in the open, you know? Because that doesn't happen now with the hockey team. You know, they be based out of Bangalore. Literally, you know, it takes them one and a half hours to come into the city to MG Road. So they usually don't frequent outside so much. But what was it like for you guys? Oh, maybe you know there was a following for hockey even then, and uh, there were people in our team who were uh, used to be recognized off and on. But mm-hmm. weren't doing anything wrong. I think we were just having a meal, and uh, people would probably meet us and move on. They would, uh, you know, disturb. I I was, you know, new. T- I, I was a rookie, and I was selected as yet, so nobody did recognize me. But yes, Baskaran, Zafar Iqbal, Mervin Fernandez, Mohammad Shahid. These were all, uh, you know, names to reckon with and people would easily recognize them in Bangalore. So, yes, uh, they, they would come and meet. But beyond that, it was quite easy for us. Uh, they, they, people, uh, you know, encouraged us. They would come and watch our trials and training, which we would, uh, you know, would open to the general public. Mm. So it was a great encouragement for us that, you know, a large crowd turning up to watch even the practice matches and the trials of the Indian team in those days. So it was. It was uh, the, the, the Bangalore public was a very discerning, uh, you know, hockey public, and they would come and encourage mm. players, uh, knowing that the team was preparing for the Olympics. Right, and this and this uh, team camaraderie, you know, you were talking about uh, Mervin and all being your uh, roommates and stuff. So that that friendship kind of went along, I'm told, and all of you remained uh, good friends after many decades as well. Yeah, actually, many of us uh, played not only the Moscow Olympics, but uh, many of us played, uh, you know, both the Los Angeles and uh, like Zafar Iqbal and a few others, Charanjit Kumar, mm. Ravinder Pal Singh. We went on to play uh, two Olympics together. But then Mervin Fernandez, Mohammad Shahid, and me, uh, we played in three. We played at Moscow, yes. then we played in Los Angeles in '84, and then went on to play uh, in Seoul in '88. So. That's what the you know. That's why the camaraderie between us was really good. Mm. It was uh, it was a pleasure to be in the training camp. Though the camps were very long, and I think uh, you know probably in, in later years in in the eighties, uh, that was one of the reasons that you know probably we would spend too much time in the training camps mm. uh, and probably give our best there. So, but we looked forward to the training camps because we had built such a bond uh, in. You know, 
the core group of the team mm. uh, we looked forward to spending time not only on the field but uh, spending uh, fun times uh, outside the field as well right right and um, and just a little bit more about the legend himself mohammad shahid uh, you know i i was talking to some of the senior journalists who would cover hockey back in the 80s and 90s and they were talking about how he was quite temperamental is what they were saying he was a little bit moody so you know as a captain you know um, it wouldn't have been so easy for somaya to kind of you know um, get mohammad shahid to do you know his like how would you uh, how would you prepare him or how would you talk to him during matches and things like that you know if uh, how, how as a captain how did you deal with that part of him see nandini uh, mohammad shahid started his career uh, just a year or two before mine just a year before and he ended at the same time in 88 mm. so we had a long journey together and there was a good level of uh, you know bonding and trust between us mm. his prime was you know between 80 and 86 and 87 mm. that there was a tragedy in his family you know he he lost one of his uh, you know child at a very young age mm. and uh, he had to leave the training camp for some time he had he was away from hockey for a few months just before the olympics or during the olympic year so uh, you know when he came back uh, he uh, you know uh, he had to work very hard to make it back into the team so mm. Yes, that was a a very challenging issue with uh, that I faced as a captain and MP Ganesh faced as a coach because when he came back, he he wasn't uh, at that level of fitness that he was in eighty and eighty four when he was the world's uh, greatest player, uh, arguably. So I I think uh, that was a challenge for me. I we had to you know we had some good players coming up. Then we had Jude Felix, uh, we had Abhijit Singh. Uh, both very talented uh, players who could play as inside forwards, and we had Mervin Fernandez who was making a comeback. He again had a gap for two three years. So uh, the job was really to convince uh, Shahid that he may not be able to play the entire sixty or seventy minutes. Wanted mm. to use his uh, you know value as a you know as a brilliant uh, uh, player. We wanted to use his individual flair for a given frame of time, and so. we tried that at seoul and we were successful for most of the games but mm. that was uh, for me one of the big challenges as a captain trying to convince uh, shahid that at some stage uh, he needed to you know make way for a at least for part of the game uh, mm. for a player who was younger and fitter mm. so i i think uh, that was uh, uh, we still had a good friendship uh, even after the the tournament and i think that bond that we developed over you know 7 8 years of uh, playing together helped us uh, in that regard okay very interesting actually and and so also you know when we look back at that 84 and 88 teams a lot of them say that those were perhaps the best indian team ever you know you had the best players you had the best combination but perhaps didn't go on to achieve what was really expected of this team i i, I agree actually 84 hmm uh, Los Angeles Olympics probably was uh, one of the most balanced teams. Mm. You know, we had uh, some of the most brilliant uh, individual players, and what's important, we had a wonderful coach. Uh, you know, Balkishan Singh, who, who was our coach, he 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 was a visionary, mm. and 
had coached in australia in the 60s he had a you know wide uh, experience at coaching so he changed the formation instead of playing the you know traditional 532 mm. he just play 442 in those days you know uh, it was uh, mm. it was a crime i would say to change a formation mm. he looked at the 532 formation as a you know uh, as, as special to indian and pakistani hockey so to change the formation was uh, not you know looked at pleasantly mm. and some criticism but he changed the formation based on the players he had at his disposal you know so mm. he realized that players like mohammad said zafar iqbal mervin fernandez they were out and out attacking players so he did not want them to come too back too much into defense so he decided to pull one forward back and played him to be played two center halves mm. it was the first time that india experimented uh, playing a different formation and that helped to get the team together mm. coordination like we saw in the you know recent olympic at tokyo mm. it was uh, a coordinated approach to playing rather than you know a group of individuals uh, you know uh, uh, parading their skills so i think the work with balkishan and the quality of players that he had and the the formation that he used all contributed to making the 84 team uh, the 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 great team that it was mm. it was unfortunate that we lost out on goal average you know in the last match of the pool we were playing germany mm. so in those years only two teams qualified from each pool mm. it's not like you have four teams qualifying now so if you if you didn't come in the top 2 mm. you qualify for the semis and uh, we lost the goal average we had to defeat germany mm. and we 0-0 despite getting some 11 or 12 penalty corners so mm. I, uh, looking back that was probably one of the best teams that i played uh, on right and since you mentioned penalty corners i believe that again you know was a bit of a hiccup in the 88 olympics as well you know uh, the conversion rate wasn't very good and there was you know fair bit of criticism uh, you know with regarding conversion pc conversion back then you know what 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 was your thoughts on that you you me you're talking about 88 88 yes the team 88. was running with penalty corners is what yes remember yeah uh, yes you know by that time in 84 this concept came in where the goalkeeper would lie down flat earlier the goalkeepers would not you know lie horizontal on the ground and mm. uh, strike you, you had to strike the ball on the board you know the first strike in goal so uh, you know uh, dealing with that situation took some time our mm. conversions were fairly good but when the goalkeeper lay down flat you needed to have indirect you needed variation so that probably we weren't absolutely on on cue mm. what got us was the first match <laughs> we entered the tournament thinking of the tougher matches but the first match was uh, soviet union and mm. we pretty lost that match uh, which put us back but we recovered we drew germany beat south korea which was a very tough team beat canada and in the last pool match we were against great britain mm. we needed to just draw with them and we were 0-0 in the first half mm. we considered some very silly goals in the second half and eventually lost to them and they became the eventual uh, gold medalists you know so yeah two near misses 84 88 uh, and i i was uh, very proud to be part of those teams but some of the issues besides penalty corners we could have done much better right right but just uh, so you have been uh, following um, 
this current indian side and uh, you know we were talking a lot during the olympics as well and you were one of those people who you know even after that australia loss that big loss that we suffered you kept telling all of us that listen they are going to bounce back you know this is just a one off game but have 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 your hopes on this team they will do well so just tell us about this entire tokyo olympics what this bronze medal means to you personally it uh, means a lot because uh, we as a hockey fraternity have been looking forward for something like this for many decades now and it's it's come as a big relief mm. i was busy with a corporate job for many years so i i couldn't uh, you know follow hockey or couldn't watch hockey as much as i wanted to but after retirement i have been watching following the team closely i did go to bhubaneswar for the world cup and i saw a marked change uh in the style of playing mm. i i feel that the team that uh, is currently playing they benefited from uh, one there are two two things that they benefited from one is they come from academies where the grounding is very good they most of them are from the academies in punjab mm. from the orissa i think the pamposh academy there yes. and who are from haryana so the the uh, work done by the coaches at the grassroots has been very good so they are coming into the international scene with a with a sound uh, you know uh, basic uh, basic skills mm. and fitness the second important thing i felt was the introduction of good foreign coaches right in the past foreign coaches uh, that came in weren't actually contributing we didn't get the top level coaches but over the last 7 or 8 years we've had starting with terry walsh we had roland altmans after that and we now have graham reed mm. i mean we have short marina so some world class coaching uh, was required at the international level mm. these two factors have combined to really make the current indian team what it is it's one of the best teams uh, that i have seen for many many years and they have proved themselves uh, very well at tokyo i think uh they have really made us all feel extremely proud mm. i really look forward to seeing them play in the in the major tournaments uh, next year absolutely sir and just since we are talking about coaches your your you yourself got to play uh under some of the legendary coaches back in the day and like you mentioned uh, balkrishna sir i think he he was much ahead of his time is what pretty much everyone says who has uh you know played under him and then you played uh, with the mp ganesh sir also who's again from purg so uh just your own experience of the kind of uh, influence these coaches had on you as a player nothing uh, taking nothing away from the coaches uh, you know indian coaches they are also very good and coaches we had in our time probably we had like i said like we said balkishan was probably the best uh, in that time maybe one of the best in the world along with host wine who was a you know he was a german and he, he used to coach spain in the eighty olympics mm. so these were the best coaches in the world but mp ganesh also was good in a different way he was uh, you know he was a strict disciplinarian mm. he, he was a hard task master he would uh, you know insist on physical conditioning he was a good team manager i think he he would manage people very well so each one had his strength mm. Nandini, in those days, you know, coaching was, uh, I must say, in its infancy. We used to have one coach uh, with uh, the team in 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 the 1980. Balkishan was one coach with the team, and we had a manager who was 
administrative manager. Things uh, in eighty four and eighty eight, we had two coaches, Balkishan and an assistant. Similarly, mm. in eighty eight, we had Ganesh and Govinda. Mm. So the see the, the setup today is so very elaborate. Right. Uh, Graham Reed, you you have uh, you know a, a, a analyst who is coming from South Africa. Yes. You you have a sports scientist who is helping you out. I think he too is uh, you know either from South Africa or Australia. Yes. And. Similarly, you have people looking after various facets of training. Mm. Now, each one is a specialist who's trained to be. He's not uh, training from the top of his mind. Right. They have data at their disposal. They have experience on hand, and makes coaching, you know, a very, very, uh, you know, it, it adds great value not only to individuals but to the team as a whole. Absolutely. Team both individually and as a team. is phenomenal uh, with the quality of coaches and the number of coaches and specialists in various fields mm. makes a big difference from what we used to have in our time and what exists today absolutely sir and also now hockey is uh, you know uh, they are one of their primary focus has been to coach the coaches at the grassroots level they have introduced the uh, hockey india coaching pathway education pathway which is uh, you know it's been widely accepted there are more than 700 800 coaches who have enrolled and they've you know finished a certain level and then they've made it a lot more easier to even get certified by fih uh, now you know they can enroll for the fih courses also in 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 india itself so um uh, we've seen a lot of these uh, former players are also enrolling for these coaching programs you think you know this is the way forward and things are moving in the right direction i think that's a fantastic uh, initiative i have been following what hockey india has been doing and before i get to that i must say uh, hockey india has done some amazing work over the last decade mm. they have uh, streamlined administration uh, very much we participated when the indian hockey federation was there with no disrespect to them you know they the funds want to burn to good but the organization to probably were not was not as uh, you know administration wasn't st- as streamlined as it is today mm. you know you have players getting not only the best training but you are getting best exposure so uh, that's one part but coming to the coaching uh, i think that's the way forward if we uh, if we train our coaches at the uh, you know at a, to create a large base of domestic coaches we wouldn't want to we wouldn't have to rely on uh, for, or over rely on foreign coaches as time progresses because the game plan should be to replace these foreign coaches with with indian coaches uh, in due course mm-hmm. so i am happy that uh, hockey india is conducting these uh, programs uh, for uh, you know uh, uh, coaches or you know coaches who they see have potential and they they have got recognition from the fih too i only hope that these coaches uh, you know take that forward right to be a fixed template for coaching at the grassroots right only uh, at the grassroots but at the club level where the where the player spends a lot of his time mm. they should fixed template that a player needs to follow whether it's a physical training whether it is uh, tactical whether it is individual skills mm. whatever he does yes the grassroots uh, through to the club level and up to the national team there should be a continuity in that so i think if happens then you will have a, a more consistent uh, level of players coming through and eventually more consistent results 
Absolutely. Sir, I think that's the whole uh, focus now, you know, to ensure that the structure remains the same from the grassroots to the national program. I think what uh, some of these experts who uh, came in, you know, they observed that uh, there was a bit of a gap from uh, when the players come from the domestic, they make it to the national program, the senior camp or the junior camp. There was they, there was a lot of adjustments that they had to do. And even in terms of the playing structure, it took them some time to get adapted to how the Indian team was playing. So I think that gap is what they're really looking to, you know, reduce. And um, they have, they have, I think, got some really good results. It's been about two and a half years since they launched that program. So um, we're hoping. Nandini, things yeah, sorry. Can I just come in for a moment? I so. want to say that this. You spoke about the structure of play. I think that holds the key. And our team has done very well. Uh, this entire structure of playing, whether it is in defense or whether it's in attack, you know, the entire structure has changed. Mm. And aren't playing, you know, a disjointed game anymore. And this is coming because at the top level, you have some of these coaches, uh, like I mentioned, you know, who have come. Harinder Singh also, uh, an Indian coach, has done very well. Let us not forget that his contribution in the junior uh, World Cup has been significant. So, coaches like these have contributed and changed the structure. Mm. We play hockey and I'm glad that once these coaches are trained uh, you know, uh, in a proper manner, they will be able to have this structure right from the, uh, you know, when they start during the formative years. Mm, right. And sir, um, what would your word of advice be, you know, for these young boys now who have, uh, you know, won the bronze medal after 41 years? Of course, now they are totally pumped up and they are looking forward to the next uh, season. 2022 is going to be tough Asian Games. We have a lot of tournaments. Pro League will be starting in Feb. So, so, so from here on, you know, what would your advice be for them? Yeah, they need to uh, take that confidence. They are, they are playing with great confidence. They need to carry that confidence uh, forward but mm. uh, get complacent because... You know, most many of our wins, if you see in the Olympics or in the in the you know build up to the Olympics or in the pro league, they have been very close wins. Whether it's against you know a New Zealand or an Argentina or you know there have been, it's not been very uh, you know the wins haven't been uh, absolutely uh, you know thumping victory. So the teams, the top ten teams, are very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Second factor is that teams like Belgium and Australia still seem to you know have a little bit of a uh, you know, they have a head start or they have a little bit of a, a distance between uh, uh, Australia, Belgium, the two top teams and the rest. So, these are the things that we need to focus on. We need to really look at how to bridge that gap between uh, the, you know, the, the top two ranked teams right now and, uh, you know, the rest of us, that's including us. Mm. Focus on uh, the physical aspect because both men and women, the Teams have become physically so fit. So, we need to not uh, slacken in that area. And we need to look at ways on how to improve our coordination. Because at times, especially in the match against uh, Australia, our coordination and our match management, as you would call it, those uh, skills need to be improved. We need to how, you know how to manage a match, the pace of the game. When do you play a fast-paced attack? When do you hold the ball? You know, when do you make the quick transition into attack? Mm. So, side do you, you know, choose to attack? So, these are the things that would come with experience and we need to uh, make our players more tactically aware so that when they play these big tournaments, 
especially the qualification which is the asian games and then on the pro league and uh, you know the other uh, challenging tournaments ahead mm. uh, after the next olympics we will be better prepared and we really we need to look at uh, you know challenging both australia and belgium uh, by the time paris olympics uh, you know uh, shows up right so also something very interesting about you is um, you all you you've been a believer that you know the players should take up leadership roles um can you tell me a little bit about that thought process you know i find that very interesting uh, you know that you say that but but although we don't have too many players in that role at the moment maybe like a tushar you know he is leading the sports department at uh, you know the the bharat petroleum so so what is your thought process behind this really here yeah, uh- i i i'm talking from my experience because when i joined bharat petroleum in 1987 mm. it was towards the end of my hockey career and i really wanted to pursue a, a career in the corporate world mm. that the company really you know gave me that exposure once i i did show that i was interested the company gave me not only training but they gave me exposure in top in, in leadership roles where i led big teams mm. so, i was uh, you know it worked in I, we worked in tandem with each other the company and me so mm-hmm. fortunate that whatever i learned on the hockey field you know you learn about teaming you learn about man management uh, you you learn decision making so there are so many things that you, you can translate from hockey to not only corporate life but your your daily life mm. it'll help, it'll be helpful even in you know in your own family life so i think these are the benefits that i brought from or the strengths that i brought from hockey to the mm-hmm. corporate world and at petroleum we had a top class management who really encouraged me mm-hmm. enabled me to you know take leadership role eventually i uh, finished as a member of the senior management council you know so mm-hmm. top well people in you know such a big organization so it's not only me it's people like zafar ikbal many others who have done well in the corporate world he too finished as an executive director in indian airlines so you have many examples of uh, young sportsmen getting into the mainstream of a corporate world and ex- so it's not only coaching in hockey or you know things related to sport you you can carve a niche uh, you know as an entrepreneur in business uh, you know uh, things like that uh, as a broadcaster so many things that really would uh, add value to a person after his sports career and uh, you know he would not have to depend only on sports uh, to make a living so i think th- that's something that a person needs to develop on his own identify a few strengths and work on them uh, you know so that they can be used in some other walk of life right it's amazing you say that because the current uh, chief coach graham reed is also of the similar uh, thought process you know he himself is an it guy he worked in the corporate and then you know he came back into coaching after his playing career of course he worked with the corporate then he came back to coaching and he uses a lot of what he learned in the corporate world in coaching now i think which has made a lot of difference for this team as well i think it shows you know because in the corporate world especially the current and big corporates they uh, they treat you to uh, you know co-create targets and you know take ownership it's mm. not it's not a leader uh, it's not command and control anymore mm. creating your own plan for yourself mm. monitoring it closely so that you eventually reach uh, the target or reach close to the target that you had set yourself so creating an ownership of uh, uh, you know for the team for each member of the team that is 
coach's responsibility it's, it's your own responsibility and how best you can push the team forward so right. once that sense of ownership comes uh, you know you will auto- automatically be a leader not necessarily of the team mm-hmm. but leading a few a group of people or you know leading a couple of people in the team who would be looking up to you for as an example or as a role model so i think the experience that one garners in from corporate life is immense mm-hmm. uh, we manage huge teams you know had 14000 employees at bharat petroleum sometimes i led about you know 700 800 people mm. in the country so it is leading people uh, through communication uh, you know and really inspiring them Le- leading is not man management anymore it is about inspiring uh, mm. people to perform better and i think uh, sportsmen and uh, really have a head start mm. and them uh, won't be only leaders on the pitch but they'll be leaders in life as well absolutely and i was told that you were one of the best communicators even within the team you know you always put across your uh, thoughts crystal crystal clear so that was one of your greatest plus points is what i was told uh, probably too much communication and very little play <laughs> not at all sir not at all but my last question if i have to ask you what was your favorite olympic moment i i think uh, the olympics at uh, moscow although, although it was a depleted field i think winning gold there in my it was my debut year mm I've seen astroturf before I, i the first time i was playing on artificial surface was an olympic would, would you believe that so i for me playing in that and being being part of a winning team and especially defeating soviet union and spain who were very tough teams uh, the depleted field i think that was for me the special moment uh, celebrating with the team later on in the safe confines of our uh, olympic village mm. you know having a feeling that uh, you know we had won despite taking a team that was not a very experienced one it was one of the best moments for me absolutely fantastic somaya sir thank you so much for taking your time off and talking uh, with hockey te charcha it's it's always always a pleasure talking to you and talking hockey with you you're you're always the technical guy you throw in so many you know aspects of the game that uh, many of us wouldn't know so thank you so much and and uh, hope to talk to you again soon sometime my my pleasure nandini all the best to you and all the best to hockey india thank you so much sir thank you